talk if you'd like. Sorry? Loyal? Dependable? Maybe it would help if we, we added something to faithful so that we go, what would you say a faithful friend looked like? My guess is loyal, dependable, honest, a good listener. How about a faithful employee? Definitely what? Honest. <laughs> Punctual? Dedicated? Trustworthy? How about a faithful student? Hardworking? Eager? There? Uh, a faithful spouse. True? Respectful? Dependable? I suppose you could keep going, right? You're going to start repeating words after a while because after a while, depending on no matter how you use the word faithful, right, you're, you're kind of all dancing around the same thing, right? Someone who's loyal, dependable, who's there, who works hard, right? You could say, what does a, a faithful look like? <laughs> yeah. Some of those... Okay, someone who's here regularly, right? A, a faithful believer recognizes what, what God tells us in his word and, and recognizes their need for it, right? And, and so they're, they're regular in that they're here listening to God's word, right? They're, they're regular in, in opening up their Bibles and reading and studying God's word because they know that's where God is going to, to feed their faith. He's going to give them the nourishment their soul needs. He's going to not only... That faithful believer is not only going to hear their sin, but they're going to hear that good news of a Savior who's forgiven their sin and given them eternal life. All of which are possible because we have a faithful God. What does a faithful God look like? Dependable? Loyal? Someone who keeps his word? Right? Some of those same thoughts we had when we were talking, whether we were talking about a faithful student, a faithful employee, a faithful spouse, right? A, a faithful friend. We use some of those same pictures to describe what we would imagine a faithful God to be like. And it's what we have, isn't it? As we look through the pages of Scripture, what we, we come away with is knowing we have a God who not only loves us dearly, but a God who is faithful to his promises, and many times faithful in spite of us. Because my guess is, as you think about having a faithful God, it doesn't take long for your conscience to kick in and to remind you of, at times, how unfaithful you are. Perhaps in one of those vocations God has given you, 
employee, spouse, student, um, friend, right? But even more perhaps as a believer. Because we have a faithful God who gives us all these promises in his word that, that help us through any situation we might find ourselves in in life. A faithful God who says, when I promise them, and when I promise you things, I'm going to follow through. And yet in the middle of those stressful, difficult situations in life, where do we often find ourselves? In relation to those promises of God. Doubting? Wavering a, a bit, perhaps? Right? Questioning whether God is really going to, to keep his word? In essence, what we are doing when we begin to doubt God's promises, when we begin to wonder how God's promises are going to be kept, when we begin to, to worry about things God has said he's going to take care of, in essence, we're saying, God, I'm not sure you're faithful. I'm not sure, God, that you are going to follow through with the promises that you've given to me. And when those doubts come, when those questions are, are raised in our mind, this morning we hear from the prophet Isaiah that God has an answer for us. And he does it using someone that you would, would probably never ever guess God would use to teach faithful believers a little bit about who he is as a faithful God. There was a king in Israel, in the southern kingdom of Judah, named Ahaz. Ahaz wasn't just an, he wasn't just an unbelieving king. He was a political and spiritual disaster. He was uh, one in which that he, he continued to lead his people into idolatry by serving as an example. If the king is worshiping idols, granted the people are probably going to start worshiping idols, but it wasn't just regular, some regular idol that perhaps had been around, but at one point Ahaz was offering his own sons as sacrifices to these idols. So that kind of wickedness. At this point in, in, in Judah's history, the wheels were beginning to fall off a bit. They weren't quite as bad as the northern kingdom, but things were not good. He recognized the, the, a threat and so had decided that he was going to try and seek help from other places. In his word, God tells us that God's plan was to try and humble Ahaz a bit in hopes of getting Ahaz to repent. That in the, in the midst of those trials and troubles that Ahaz was going to go through, that Ahaz would, would turn to God for help. And as the Lord begins to try and humble Ahaz, what Ahaz does doesn't, isn't that he turned to God for help, but instead chose to turn to Assyria, a heathen country, and it wasn't long after that that Ephraim, one of, the kingdom, one of the little sections in the kingdom of Israel, had united with Assyria and were knocking on Judah's door. And you can imagine a bit of the fear that Ahaz was experiencing. It was a stressful time. right? There's enemies that are at, at the border. It, it appears as though they're ready to attack. And that's the moment when God sends the prophet Isaiah to Ahaz. 
Now, I've given you just a, a one-minute snapshot of Ahaz. What would you expect God's message to Ahaz was going to be? Yeah, you're ready for, Ahaz, for God to come down on Ahaz, right? Ahaz, I gave you a chance, and now you're going to get it, right? Instead, what God sends through Isaiah to Ahaz is a message of divine comfort and encouragement. He, he tells Ahaz, those enemies on your northern border are smoldering wicks. In other words, they are nothing you need to worry about. I am going to take care of them. And in fact, Ahaz, what I want you to do is I am going to give you an opportunity to ask for something so that you will know for certain this is what is going to happen. And that's where our text picks up. Right? Again, the Lord said, spoke to Ahaz, Ask the Lord your God for a sign, whether in the deepest depths or in the highest heights. Uh, a, a sign, the, the, the word that's used there for sign is, is one that described an occurrence or something that would serve as a pledge of divine certainty. In other words, think of the open checkbook God was just giving to Ahaz. Here's what I'm going to do, Ahaz. I am going to deliver you. And you can ask me for any sign you want to show you that as a faithful God, in spite of who you are, I am going to deliver you. That'd be nice at times, wouldn't it? To have a promise from God come and say, I am going to deliver you, and you can ask for whatever sign you want to know that I am going to do exactly what I've promised for you. You'd expect Ahaz to name something. Right? If, if God and his prophet comes to you and says, you can ask for any sign you want to allay any doubt, any, any question you might have about my promises I've given to you, I'll give them to you. I'll give you a sign, whatever you want. And it's at this moment that Ahaz gives a falsely pious answer. I don't want to put the Lord my God to the test. Isaiah saw right through it. Right, and, and, and what, that is the height of arrogance, isn't it? When, when God himself comes and speaks to you and says, ask for a sign and I'll give it to you to show that I'm going to deliver, your, deliver you, Right? When, when God comes and he tells you to do something, and your answer is, no. And so in response, God says, whether you like it or not, I'm going to give you a sign. And it's a sign that, that you and I, as, as faithful believers, cherish. Right? God comes, or Isaiah says, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. Right? You and I read those words and we see a faithful God giving us a promise. A, a, a miracle in a number of different ways. First, a, a virgin giving birth to a son. That doesn't happen. And that son being called 
Emmanuel, where it isn't just a regular, ordinary guy, but here God is going to take on human flesh and become one of us in order to live with us. That doesn't happen. He gives Ahaz a, a sign that Ahaz completely misses. But as faithful believers, you and I cherish. Because in that promise, we see a faithful God doing exactly what he had promised before. That soon, a son was going to come. His son. A, a faithful God was going to send a faithful son who was going to rescue us from all of our doubts, who was going to save us from all of our questions and all the times where we wondered whether God was going to keep his word and keep his promises. He was going to ascend a son who was going to once and for all deal with our unfaithfulness and our sin and wash them all away. Here, God was giving his faithful believers a sign that soon deliverance was coming. And it was coming in a way that Ahaz didn't expect. It was coming in a way that you and I wouldn't expect. And what a blow to Ahaz. Not only that he missed it, but in essence, God now says to a proud king of Judah, deliverance, Ahaz, isn't coming the way you'd expect it. The, king, the, the family of David, God had made a promise that there was going to be a ruler on the throne and used it not only to assure David that his family line would continue and would continue to rule over God's people, but it was a promise that soon a savior was going to come who would be from David's line and, and rule eternally. After King Ahaz, things didn't get much better in Judah. In fact, there was a moral and spiritual and physical poverty that existed like hadn't existed really before in Israel. The Babylonians come and, and, and wipe them out and take them off into exile and what becomes of that proud family line of David, Isaiah describes is nothing more than a stump cut off. A, a proud family of rulers that became really nothing more than just ordinary people to the point where when you get to, to Jesus' day, that kingly line of David was being ruled by a foreign nation. And Bethlehem, the hometown of David, the king, was a backwater that if you blink, you, you might miss. It was nothing. And so to this proud king Ahaz, he says, deliverance is going to come from a virgin. From a woman, King Ahaz. And the son she's going to bear. Not from you or anything you do, but a place you'd never expected. He tells us the same thing, isn't it? We wouldn't expect God to rescue us. In fact, what we probably expect is something grand and, and great. And instead, God chooses to rescue us by sending his son born of a virgin in a tiny little town in Judah 
A town that Isaiah would later describe in chapter 53 as having nothing that, we, that would draw us to himself. But a Savior who would come and deliver his people. Would be faithful to the promises God had made. And that's what we have, isn't it? We have a picture of a, a faithful God who keeps his promises in spite of you and me. In spite of all those times where we might think, well, what have I done to deserve this? Lord, why would you bring this into my life? What did I do for you to give me this? For all those times in life where we might begin to think that our relationship with God is based on, on the things that we do or how well we do them, we have a faithful God who comes to us and reminds us of a virgin and the son she bore who came to rescue his faithful believers from their sin and free them from their guilt and assure them that not only are they his children but that they have eternal life. It's what we're going to celebrate in just a few days, isn't it? That sign being fulfilled. A, a sign worth noticing and, and, and being aware of and paying attention to because it's a sign of a faithful God. A faithful God who loves you, a faithful God who's delivered you, and a faithful God who's coming back to deliver you one more time to your eternal life in heaven. Amen. And the peace of God, which goes beyond our understanding, will guard and will keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Our Savior Lutheran Church is located on the south side of Birmingham off Highway 280. We are on Dunnett Valley Road, about three quarters of a mile east of Treetop Family Adventure and Sports Blast. Our Sunday services begin at 1015 with Sunday School and Bible Class at 9 o'clock. We welcome visitors and hope to see you soon. For more information, please visit our website at OurSaviorBirmingham.com. Click on Sermons at the top of the page for a copy of today's service folder. You can also find us online on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.